All right, welcome to Land Podcast. It is finally the time we've been waiting for. It was October 1st when we recorded this, and now it is October 2nd. So I hope everyone that had an opportunity to get out for the season opener for many states had a great time. And uh, man, it's here. So we're still talking about buying land, though. I think uh, there's kind of a wave throughout the season or throughout the year where people get really excited about hunting as they should. There's a period where they get excited about buying land or looking for land or learning more about land. But this is a conversation I think everyone should hear. It is with a past client that I had the opportunity to work with. And it's really good conversation talking about the importance of setting a buyer's list of what is important to you and moving forward when you find it and some other really great insight throughout the conversation. So I hope you guys enjoy this episode. Before we get into it, if you're brand new here, the goal is very simple to help 100 people buy their first piece of ground. There's three ways to be included on that list. First one, if you're in the state of Illinois and you're looking, give me a call. I'm happy to help. And if you're looking where I am familiar with, I will do my very best to help. Number two, if you want to get connected with someone that I would consider doing business with, I'd be happy to make an introduction. I don't have full coverage across the country, but there's some areas where I know some excellent agents that would be a great resource. And number three, if you just simply learn something here from the Land Podcast, I want to know and I want to add you to the list. We got a steady stream. Steady stream still rolling in through here. And it's kind of fun to get an idea of what the market is doing across the country because there'll be some, there'll be a period or two where we don't hear or where I don't hear about anyone buying anything for, I don't know, two weeks. And then there's a flurry of purchasers. So we're creeping in on that 100. And I can't thank you guys all enough for being a part of this, this passion project. I am so thankful for everyone that I've been able to meet, all the things I've been able to learn, and hopefully the things that you guys have learned as well through this podcast. So I just want to say thanks to everyone out there. If you do enjoy it, a written review would really help us reach new people. And just so you guys are in the loop, I'm debating on what the conversations will be here for a little bit. So I think I'm going to do some general season updates. We'll still have guests, but it's a really busy time of year for myself with helping with Exodus and everything else that's going on and drew that Iowa tag. So number one priority, I hate to say it, is to enjoy this season. And if I'm able to get episodes out with guests, you best believe we're going to do it. But there may be some general quick episodes throughout. And next week, we have a really great conversation coming with Aaron Shu, who was a past guest with Acres. They just released a comprehensive land report for the Midwest and what they found with land trends and a lot of really great statistics and information for anyone that wants to get an idea of what the land market has been doing. It is going to be an excellent in-depth conversation and you can look for that next Monday. So that's it. That's all I have for now. I hope you enjoyed this conversation with Nate. Let's get right into it. Here we go. Nate, welcome to Land Podcast. How's it going? Good, man. Excited to be here. Yeah, well, thank you. I, I've been wanting yeah. to do this for a while, and I really appreciate you taking the time here. It's uh, of all days, it's October first. <laughs> I know, go time. I'm so excited. Yeah, it's uh, this 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 year flew by, and I can't believe it's already October first. And obviously, it's pretty warm, and I'm sure it's warm for most people across the country. But yeah, it's uh, the excitement is in the air for sure. I went big time, man. It's you know, it's funny. You look at all the social media stuff and. It's kind of like all the hard work's behind us. You know, everyone's everyone's just ready. It's it's, it's game time. Yeah, it, it really is. And that's that's one of those things too. It's you start to thank yourself for the work that you did because it's there's some things you're kind of yeah. iffy, like, I don't know if I want to do that. But all I know is there's been times where I regret not doing stuff. Let's say the third week of October, like I wish I just would have done this. And now I'll that's you know, exactly I'm right. behind the yeah. eight ball. But uh before we get too far into this, why don't you take a chance to introduce yourself and we'll get into things here. Yeah, so uh, Nate Knollenberg, I'm um, living in the, in the suburbs of Chicago, um, working the wholesale distribution uh, 
sector for the construction supplies side of um, the business. But um, yeah, so live up here originally from, uh, well, you know, kind of family bounced around all over the place because my father was in the oil industry, but we, uh, the roots of our family are based in, in central Illinois with a family farm. You know, it's just about four hours south of where I live today. So if, uh, when people ask where I'm from, I, I always say Illinois. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, no, that's, that's cool. And so, um, it's funny when you, uh, number one, Illinois, not plural Illinois. So you'll get that as a, I'm sure you travel. That's right. That. That's right. <laughs> and everyone assumes Chicago. So, uh, yeah. no, that's, that's great. And so we're talking here because you are a first time land buyer and, uh, I had the pleasure of helping, uh, throughout this process. So I'm, it's mm-hmm. kind of fun because this transaction it was unique to me as well. And, uh, I think there oh, was yeah. lessons learned for everyone. And, uh, mm-hmm. I think it ended up in a very positive fashion for yourself, but, um, but I'm, I'm really excited to dive into this, but why originally did you want to buy land? Cause it's a big decision and it, it's kind of a, it's getting more popularity, but it's still kind of obscure for most people. Yeah. So I didn't grow up hunting, but, um, when I, you know, when I started my career, believe it or not, I started my career out on the West coast and, and, uh, my job took me to Northern Nevada and a lot of the, my team members that I was working with were, were really, really big into the outdoors. So really, so I got into it with, I got into hunting with them, um, really just focused on Western game. And then once I moved back to, to the Midwest, uh, to Iowa about 12 years ago, you know, you land in Iowa and it's all about, you know, whitetail and it was just unbelievable. And so got into hunting with, with, uh, my group there and, and a lot of good buddies kind of taught me how to do the, the whitetail thing. And, and, um, and so from there it was, you know, the addiction that everybody has. And, uh, what was kind of cool about it is, you know, believe it or not, you know, leasing ground in, in, in Iowa, which is such a trophy state, you wouldn't think that it would be, uh, you would think that it would be hard to, to find something, but it really wasn't. Um, mm-hmm. and so that's when, you know, I just started figuring out how to do the leasing process. And so leased some properties in Iowa and had some great success there. And, um, and again, that's, you know, that's one of the meccas, you know, for this, for this hobby or, or industry, yeah. but, um, and then got my pilot's license and uh, started getting into aviation and that just expanded it like crazy. And so then I started getting leases in Pennsylvania and, you know, hunting in Kansas, up Wisconsin, a bunch of different states. And so would you, would you charter, would you just, would you just charter a plane and, and buzz down there like a, or what, what, what was that no. like? <laughs> <laughs> no, we, uh, uh, I had a wonderful customer of mine and, um, and he and I had partnered in a, in a, in a plane. And so, you know, we would just kind of share it back and forth but yeah man it was it was pretty neat to be able to just hop in and and bounce that's down crazy. to kansas or, or yeah. do whatever but yeah so it was really neat and then and you know when i got when I moved to illinois you know this this state has a lot of population and, and leasing ground is incredibly hard i i found that to be difficult also in ohio when i lived there mm-hmm. and um you know there was a, a guy that i actually met in kansas in a hunting camp based out of buffalo county wisconsin and he kind of turned me on to the idea of, of owning uh, your own recreational piece of property. And I kind of always had it in the back of my mind. It was always just out there as something that maybe I'll get to when I'm you know, way down the road and later in life. And then, you know, this last year, I had a couple leases that were about four hours south of where um, I live here in, in the suburbs of Chicago. And just going back and forth was crazy. And, and you know, the more and more that you learn about uh, whitetail and the strategy of all that stuff, I, would, I was quickly getting frustrated with not being able to execute on what I knew that I could do because I couldn't manipulate the properties that I were that I was yeah. leasing, and and then I was driving forever too. So, 
<clears throat> that gentleman from Wisconsin actually turned me on to uh, to you and to your podcast. And he it's said, so crazy. You guys, if you want to learn about this, check this guy out. Believe it or not, he's based in, in Illinois. And so yeah. you know, those four-hour drives back and forth, I just did a whole season's worth of research and then decided to reach out to you. Yeah, it's crazy. That's uh, the power of podcast, man. I'm, I'm so glad that we were able to get connected. It's really cool. And I think yeah. I think that's a that's a similar, I guess I'll call it consumer behavior of of potential land buyers is they're they're spending some coin to lease something. And, and you're right, in Illinois, it's competitive and it's really expensive. Mm-hmm. And the closer you get to where you're at, the more pool there is of people, you know, paying a lot of money to hunt. And yeah. uh, it, you start crunching the numbers and it's like, man, if after the down payment, you're really... <laughs> You're really not paying that much more than yeah. what you are paying for a lease. And then you get to do everything that you want to do. And uh, that's the I think that's probably the biggest frustration with leases. Excellent opportunity. There's a place for them. But you can't mm-hmm. do the things that you know would take, you know, a property from a five to a seven. And it wouldn't be that, ter- you know, that, that much work. But yeah. <clears throat> but no, that makes, uh, that makes a lot of sense. And so you, you started listening to, to the land podcast. You learned a little <laughs> bit more. And uh, yeah, what were, what were some things that were really important to you? Because you're kind of you made the decision I want to find something that I can buy but what were the factors because every every buyer should have a checklist in my mind of these are the yeah, things no that most, are most so, important when you and I first connected I kind of was up to speed on what you're going to ask me and you know when you start thinking about what your goals are and what you're trying to accomplish you would think that, that would be easy um and but you also are so new to the process. At least I was. I was new to the process, so I was willing to sacrifice some of those, some mm-hmm. of those goals, uh, just to get in the game. But when you and I started having dialogue, going back and forth on some of this stuff, there was just a handful of different things. I was overdriving, as far as I was driving, and yeah. it was unbelievable. And so you, you had kind of, you know, steered me in the direction of, hey, you know, two hours is kind of that, that sweet spot, and. Yep. Um, I remember through, through the many times where you and I were sharing properties back and forth, I was trying to push the boundaries on, hey, maybe I should go a little <laughs> bit further. And uh, and that was just something that you, you just you just held me accountable to and, and, and sticking to, which I'm so glad, man, because I am down there all the time. Uh, so there's that piece. Then, you know, a, a huge component of what we were looking for is something that we could really make ours. You know, mm-hmm. there's some people that are looking for turnkey, you know, yeah. and then there's some people that want to do a little bit and there's some people that want to do a lot and i really 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 wanted to do a lot and um we have an incredibly busy lifestyle um uh from a career perspective we have a seven-year-old little boy and so we are busy as hell but we kind of needed something that was just gonna you know take our take our take our busy lives and and and, uh, allow us to have something that really can clear our minds and, and get out of the busy hustle and bustle and kind of get down to um you know, get down to the rural areas and, and enjoy it like crazy. And so that was really, really good. Then, you know, one of the things that you would kind of talk about was just the importance of good neighbors mm-hmm. um, and big neighbors. Yeah. I didn't even think, you know, the, the, the components of having big neighbors, but, um, and we were able to find something with that. And then, you know, I've moved around six times in my 20 years of, of uh, being in the professional world. And I know the importance of resale. And so, um, I don't know. We were off to the races. Yeah. And, um, yeah. We got well, and I think um, there's a couple things there. The the one something just to slow down. The land guys did a, a video on a property. <clears throat> it was a really high end property. I'm trying to think of what it was in the southern half of Illinois, let's say. And uh, the the I guess it was the son of the original owner of the property, and he was explaining that his dad was a busy business guy, 
And the doctor said, go buy a piece of ground in the country <laughs> and go enjoy it. And that's what, I mean, that was probably that was the, uh, the medical advice <laughs> of the time just to like, just reset. And I think you probably find yeah. that. And I know I do when I go out and I'm working on a farm, it's, there's nothing better. I mean, it, it, mm-hmm. there's no value that you can put on it. I, and I, that sounds cheesy, but I truly mean it. And I don't know if you agree with that or not. Oh yeah, absolutely, man. I mean, the addiction of, of property improvements has far outweighed <laughs> any deer that I've seen on camera, you know, and, and even, even the potential of what's going to happen this hunting season. I mean, it has been nonstop and has consumed, I think what we closed in May and, yeah. uh, I mean, it's, that's all I think about outside of work, you know, yeah. and, uh, which is, which has been cool. Really yeah, good. Absolutely. And yeah. I think, um, uh, the other point there too, is it's been a challenging time with, I would say limited inventory. And let's say, let's say, let's jump in a time machine. You didn't buy this. I feel pretty confident in the radius that you were looking in the price range you're looking. I still feel you got the best parcel that fits your goals and everything else. Cause I, I don't know if you still look at all, but I'm constantly oh. looking and it's like, you have to feel better as time goes on for, for not waiting for quote unquote, the next thing. And it's like this, yeah. all right, this checked off the percentage of boxes you needed to move forward. You did. Mm-hmm. And you're thankful. And I think that's a, that's probably a misconception where people think that they have to wait, 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 wait. Yeah. So, I mean, l- listen, if I, if we didn't move on that one, I'm, I, you know, it would have been a stressful, stressful summer because I didn't have a plan for yeah. what I was going to do this fall. And you're right. I mean, there has, you know, I, I have a ton of searches set up with alerts and all those different pieces <laughs> and there has not been anything. Yeah. Um, so kind of, a, it's an interesting period of time, you yeah. know, with, um, uh, with, with land inventory, you know? Yeah. And interest rates have increased since then too. But I, <clears throat> I think, uh, you know, just the lack of inventory it, as a potential buyer I, is frustrating. I deal with a lot of frustrated clients. Like I just got a call on Friday. Hey, I haven't talked to you for a few months. Is there anything that, you know, coming down the pipeline? It's like, for what you're looking, probably not. And, uh, mm-hmm. it's just the importance of being the right level of patient. And then, and when you find something, jump on it, but, um, absolutely. but no, I think, I think that property too is, well, I guess how long, how long was your shopping period? Cause you kind of, I felt like you kind of made up a decision like, okay, I'm prepared to do something. And, and what was, did you window shop before then at all? Or was this kind of a, well, so, <laughs> I mean, <clears throat> I didn't really understand the resources of even how to look, you know, you know, for residential property, it's very, very easy. Yeah. Um, and everybody knows those resources, but you kind of steered me onto some of those different pieces, but you know, I, I think that the, the very first thing that happened was, you know, it was just going out and seeing something, you know, that's when it, that's when the excitement really started to happen. And, mm-hmm. and luckily we had, you know, hands, you know, two or three properties to look at that were very, very close to each other. And so, um, I would say the shot, <laughs> I, I I, I feel like I was one of the quickest buyers you've probably ever had just because, you know, I had a, a little bit of a weird circumstance to where in the very first property we were on, I yeah. <laughs> had somewhat of a, of a medical emergency and uh, ended up coming home and spending a couple of days in the hospital. And that kind of put a lot of different things in perspective. And so I was like, you know what, with the stresses of everything, I'm just, you know, if there's something that kind of gets close and hits home to, to what we want to do, I'm going to, we're going to, we're going to do this and, yeah. And, uh, and we did, so I don't know, maybe two or three weeks and then we were off yeah. to the races. It was yeah. pretty quick, but I think we, you know, that, I guess we'll, we'll dive into a little bit of that piece, but that piece had been listed for a while. And I, mm-hmm. I really like as a potential buyer, I like the listings that have been on the market for a very long time. And it has even changed an agent or two over, over that time period. And I think a lot of times, this is just my opinion. I don't think it's usually any fault of the agent that had it listed. It's a lot of times the seller with maybe 
unrealistic right. expectations. And, you know, they, yep. they put together an excellent presentation and everything else, but it's just still above what the market can support. Because ultimately, mm -hmm. uh, sellers don't set the market. Agents don't set the market. It's you, the buyer, that sets the market and the, the pool mm -hmm. of buyers. And mm -hmm. so I think that was something that was a good recipe. And I've had that happen a handful of other clients where they end up buying something that had been listed for, let's say, a year or even longer. And they end up getting a, a pretty solid deal because at that point, I think the sellers have to look in the mirror and be like, okay, well, <laughs> it's not worth what we think. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, especially with this one, it was... Um, you know, they kind of had a unique circumstance. It was a, it was a corporation that owned the property. That was, mm -hmm. so that was kind of interesting. And then, um, and then, yeah, you know, it was, you know, I think one of the coolest things about this whole process really has been the property improvement side of it. And, you know, you turned me on to Buckhorn land management and, um, yep. and within, within a few months we were, we were off to the races and just with a small amount of elbow grease and a little bit of money, it yeah. has been unbelievable. Yeah, to see what we have been able to do that piece of property, and I just wonder, you know, if it was listed today, with the small amount of things that we've done to it, yeah. um, you know, what it, what it could have been, what it, what it could have been. So it's um, yeah, it would have felt like a completely a completely different property. And I think that's something too that this is uh, this happens a lot with even house buyers where they look mm -hmm. at a house and they think, oh my gosh, it's going to cost seventy thousand dollars to get this up to snuff to what I want. And I think a lot of mm -hmm. times maybe people overestimate that. Um, yeah. Until like, all right, we'll go get the bids and let's see how much it really is. And it might be 20 or 30% less than that. And I think that's the same thing with, with land parcels too. People overestimate how much time and money it may take just to make the, the improvements that make a lot of difference. I'm not saying you're gonna have a perfect property with a little bit of coin yep. and a little bit of time, but at least the obvious improvements maybe aren't as bad as you think. No, no. And that's, you know, <clears throat> when you turn me on to, to, to Alex over there and, and, uh, and he came out and we kind of walked, you know, this has kind of been somewhat of a group project. Yeah. Come up with a strategy of how we want to set this thing up. And I'm, I'm so appreciative to you and, and to Alex, but you know, he kind of came out and, uh, we talked about what we could do and said, I could do this in a day. And I was like, there is no way <laughs> you can do everything that we want to get done in a day. And lo and behold, I mean, we got it on the calendar and, and he came out and I mean, you get guys like that on property that can, that can shake and move through there and then have experience doing it. It's just unbelievable. And um, I'm in awe of what, what, what happened in just one day, but yeah, it's been, it's been phenomenal, man. And, and what were some of those improvements for everyone that uh, is listening? Like what were, what were the, the one or two projects you wanted to knock out right away? So it's almost like the property had been neglected for a handful of years. And, um, and so it, I mean, there was parts of it in, in a good way that were overgrown. There was also some invasives that I think that you and you know you had kind of pointed out that we needed to get under control. Uh, one of the biggest ones was was uh, Phragmites, right? Yep. So I mean, we had to come up with a game plan there, and then uh, and then also just maneuverability throughout the property. You know, certainly we wanted to do something. This year has been the year of enjoying it. We've been all over that place, so I, yep. I understand you know that we have limited success with with hunting, but you know we were so excited, and so. Um, you know, Alex came in and, and, and just uh, with a forestry mulcher just put in, I think, almost three miles of trails for us yeah, on this wow. property. So it was kind of cool as to what was kind of going on with that. But um, and then just, you know, you know, some of the things, you know, we, we have a couple of creeks that run through the property. And so we had to figure out how to, you know, get a lot of those things cleared out. You know, down timber has just been crazy this year because of winds and weather and all those different things. So, um it's just uh it's been pretty cool but on top of that would just be you know 
food plots, yep. how to get that stuff structured. And then, um, and then also stamp placement flies. And so yep. it was, um, it was pretty cool. Yeah. And I, and I'm sure you'll improve and optimize after this year of observation too. And, uh, <clears throat> that farm went from zero food to acres and acres and acres of food almost instantly. And I would say that pocket or region, that's, that's the limited resource in my opinion. I think there's quite a bit mm -hmm. of cover in that area, some really dense cover and, uh, that food, I'm going to be really curious to see what, what drags things out. And even, <laughs> yeah, uh, no even one of the listing videos <laughs> from a previous agent, and I think there was a little bit of food on it that year. Cause I mean, we're talking, this thing was listed for a while and right. Uh, right. I was, I was pretty impressed with some of the deer in there. So I can only imagine as quite frankly, the rut picks up, I think, I think it should be pretty darn good. That's just my yeah. optimal. Listen, you know, the, the, the food plotting side of this game has, is probably the biggest addiction that I've, <laughs> yeah. that I've gotten into, you know, and, and, uh, you know, Alex came out and did a day's worth of work, but I think the majority of, of what we've done as a family and, and, uh, even my dad's kind of helped me out when uh, he came out to, you know, get some of the, some of the plots put in, but it is, I will be very, very curious just as you will to, to kind of see what happens just because it is kind of in ag ground, but, uh, it's also in, in, or in ag area, but it's, but it's also river bottom and, you know, when, and I've gotten really big, uh, one really big neighbor and, uh, -huh. uh and I, you know, it'll be interesting to see what happens once all that all that ag's out of there yeah 100 percent. i think uh <clears throat> even harvest is starting i would say this maybe a little bit early i mean it's it's uh, this year kind of always every, every year kind of flies by so it always feels like it's early but uh yeah. i mean just as the beans have turned brown uh i've noticed a lot of farms have started carrying bucks that weren't carrying bucks even a couple weeks ago so i think it's one of those farms that will continually get better oh, especially yeah. especially late season when there's no food and you should have plenty of food there too. So I think, <laughs> I think those are like the two biggest after everyone we've talked to and, and everything I've seen, like you tackled the two most important products or uh, projects access and accessing throughout the property and then also food. So uh, I mm -hmm. at that point you're just building on, just building on it. Yeah. You know, the one, the one thing that I just didn't have the time or, or quite honestly, the experience has really been, you know, some of the timber management side of it and, mm -hmm. and what to do out there. And I think that's the, last big piece yeah. is to really thicken that place up and oh my gosh build year lock habitat not just um not just the food and win yeah. winter side of it so 100 percent. you got plenty you got plenty to do there for whatever you want to i mean <laughs> that's super exciting but um yeah. so what about uh you know throughout the process we always talk about the importance of getting uh connected with a lender that understands recreational land. So what was, what was that process like for you? Cause I know you, obviously you bought houses in the past, but what yep. was, what was the nuance difference or what did you learn throughout that process? So I think it was just, um, well, first of all, you know, you can do, you can, you can, especially in the Chicago area, there's just from a lending perspective, there's not a lot of people that, um, have a lot of expertise in this space. Right. So after talking to you and, and, uh, and, and, and what the financial situation was, and how we wanted to go about it. He turned me on to uh, somebody I know that's been mentioned on here a handful of different times. And, uh, that local bank is, was just unbelievable. And it was, you know, I was, I, I think I was telling you and somebody else the other day, after 15 minutes of talking to Alex, Alex, um, I just had a greater appreciation for how this was going to come together. Number one. And then mm -hmm. also too, how not complex it is. I think right. that, that has been the biggest thing that has blown me away. And every other person that I talked to, because everyone thought I was crazy when we were going into this venture. Yeah. And, uh, 
and then and then the the immediate questions are is how do you how do you make it work from a financial perspective and so you know listen i i still don't know if i know all the uh, ins and out details of, of how my loan is structured but i completely have appreciated you know what what alec was able to do for us and and uh, and walk all the way through that process i mean it was just unbelievable and simple yeah. i honestly think it's easier than buying a home and a car you know <laughs> it, you know it i would agree <laughs> you know depending depending on what lender you're working with too and i think um i know a handful of really great lenders and one of the common themes is usually they're a hunter or come from a, a land ownership background as well and they understand that you're not totally crazy <laughs> you know anyone that right. buys recreational land maybe a little bit crazy but uh, right. uh but they understand the process and like hey this is you know this is a tangible investment as well and i think uh that's just really important because i could i'm sure if you called some other lenders up towards where you're at they'd be like you want to do what what exactly. what, what's the income on it i don't understand right. why you want to do this that's um, exactly right yeah it's crazy but no that's uh that's definitely really interesting and so um Let's talk about because this there's some lessons I learned from this property too. So we we ended up putting an offer on this. Uh, you put an offer on it, and there was some back and forth. And so ultimately, I'll let you kind of pick up the story from here, and and we can dive into whatever you want. But we, we went back and forth, and we ended up getting an agreeable price. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you know, well, I'll, I'll say this. You know, I knew that I wanted to pull the trigger on this, but it was a little bit nervous. You know, first mm -hmm. time, right? Yeah. So I think. We as a family, meaning me and my wife went back and forth and she really pushed me to just, you know, go after it. And then, uh, you know, we kind of expanded that communal dialogue with uh, with my folks who have some experience in this in this space. And um, they kind of agreed that we needed to move forward on this. And so after we made the decision to go forward on it, um, you know, the, the, some of the comp stuff was was very, very helpful in what we were trying to do. And, and honestly, I felt like you were probably a little bit more aggressive than me from, you know, what we were trying to, you know, do from an offer perspective. And, uh, but you hit, you know, you brought a lot of things to the table when, it, when, when you were talking about, you know, length of time it had been on the market situation, um, with, with the, uh, with the seller and all those different pieces. And so, you know, we moved forward with putting an offer and, um, and then that, you know, obviously gets the, the bank process side of it going right with, with appraisals and, and all those different things. And, you know, Alex, you had, and you have a great relationship with an appraiser that, you know, had kind of come out and, and, um, I think it was a few days after the appraisal had happened, you know, we, we all started getting on the phone and saying, Hey, there's, there might be something unique going on here. Yeah. Uh, and there was, there was good news and there was bad news. The good news is, is price per acre. It's going to appraise for that, uh -huh. but there's, there seems to be some sort of discrepancy in the amount of acreage and, you know, we could understand, I mean, one side of the property is the Illinois river. Uh -huh. You know, the other side is a railroad and yep. then you've got, you know, a, 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 a private neighbor to the, to the South and, you know, public ground to the North. So it's kind of like, where, where is this discrepancy going to come up and how are we going to navigate this with, with the, uh, with the sellers. And so, um, I've never seen, I've never like, I, so what, and this is what I'm guessing what happened too. why I wasn't caught previously is it's probably was a multiple, you know, a couple cash transactions previously where there was no appraisal. Mm -hmm. And really the appraiser, in my opinion, saves the day on that because just a lot of times, a lot of people, I think get surveys when necessarily, and this is just purely my, my opinion. And I think that, you know, if you want a survey, get a survey by all means. But a lot of times, like a survey, if, if nothing's changing of the parcel, 
it's usually not <clears throat> not needed. Like you're looking at the legal description and that's kind of what you're buying. But mm-hmm. the appraiser, I mean, in my in my mind, 100 percent saved, <laughs> saved, saved this deal. 100%. Oh, my gosh. 100 percent. You know, yeah. And listen. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean. And I don't even know, you know, I, I need to send that guy one heck of a thank you note. And, uh, you know, but, uh, you know, still not still still no idea how we how we figured that out. But um, and then it was kind of a sticky situation because so many it seems like especially because I'm, I'm looking at, at buying something uh, now to, to, uh, the neighbor's property. Mm-hmm. But he is kind of like I'm selling it as is. Yeah. Take it or leave it. And I was kind of like, and I, I hope that's not the scenario we're going to be walking into as we started to navigate these waters. And I think we were a little bit nervous as to, as to how they were going to react, you know, especially when we said, Hey, we, we're going to take on the cost of, or the expense of, of getting a survey out there. And man, you know, what, I can't even remember what it was, maybe it was 3000 bucks or something, but you yeah. know, that, that was the biggest insurance policy. Yeah. I am so thankful yeah. that we did that. And quite honestly, I mean, it cleared up a bunch of stuff it, and it even cleared up a bunch with, you know, potential confusion with the, with the neighbor that, that, um, that I'm going to, you know, pick up his piece of property. And yeah. um, because there's now very, very clear in a recent survey yeah. of what this piece of property is, which is a game changer, in my opinion. A hundred percent. Yeah. And so <clears throat> I think uh, we wrote that contract. We did it on a per acre basis as well. And so I didn't do it on a, a total purchase price. So I think that's uh, maybe an important piece of advice too. If you think there might be a discrepancy, tell your agent or if you're buying it on your own, probably put in a per acre price. And, uh, mm-hmm. and I think there, depending on the seller, there's times where they, that deal probably just would have died. And I, so I was with, I was with a guy that day when I got that call and I was like, what do you think about this? And he's like, Ooh, <laughs> he said, Ooh, you know, he didn't really say much. He's like, Ooh, he said, that's going to be something to figure out. And it, and it right. all, and it all did work out. And it was a, it wasn't like a two acre discrepancy. We're talking, what was it? Almost it was over like 12, 15 acre discrepancy. Yeah. It was, about, it was about 15. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, the difference in what it was listed at and what we picked it up for mm-hmm. is big. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And yeah. so I would say in the only other time I've seen a, a somewhat of a discrepancy was another piece that I sold that was along a railroad as well. And they lost some acreage because the railroad easement was a lot wider, but with this one, the, that was already kind of clear. And so I'm thinking, all right, we're not going to lose acreage with that. But it, it, it was the North boundary that was a lot different than, than what we thought. And, uh, yeah, it's crazy. Big time. <laughs> I've and never the, seen that. And to your point, the, the, you know, the, the price per acre was definitely the route to go. And, you know, I think one of the cool things was, is, you know, as we went down the path of getting that thing surveyed, we kind of said, Hey, let's, let's all agree to sell it for this much per acre. Yep. And, uh, and you know, when the survey comes back then then, that's where the deal lands. And so I don't know, man, I think we, we, you know, <laughs> lucked out. <laughs> yeah. That's the best way to say it. Yeah. Un- unbelievable. Yeah. So you know? would you, uh, so, okay. For instance, for the, the, the parcel you might end up buying here with that knowing, cause now you, at least you have what would be the North boundary of that South boundary of you. Mm-hmm. Are, do you, are you going to get a survey afterwards or, or what? Uh, yeah. <laughs> what's yes, your plan? We are. <laughs> and it is funny. You know, there's so many mapping tools out there now. Yeah. And, uh, and, and you've talked a lot about them, you know, on, yeah. on your podcast here, but, but even some of the drawing tools that you can find, I mean, you can kind of do your own work with some of those, with, yeah. with some of that stuff. And, 
It's funny because we're walking into a very similar situation <laughs> to where there is about a 10 acre discrepancy on this piece of property and none of us really know where it is, but, uh, but we'll see. And, uh, but yeah, I will, um, you know, this is not going to be the last piece of property that I'll buy. We'll talk uh -huh. about that probably here in a little while, but, um, it's, I'll probably always go down the path of the survey to be honest with you. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, like I said, there's, if there's a recent survey or there's something recorded at the courthouse, that's obviously number one, right. but right. It, you know, if you're if like in an in instance where you're chopping something off, you absolutely need to get a survey or you should, mm -hmm. and at least in the state, of, every state's a little bit different too. So we're talking in the state of Illinois too, right now. Yep. And, uh, so yeah, I, you know, it's, it's tough because honestly the two pieces I bought, I didn't get a survey on either one of them, but yeah, but there was already one, you know, within the last couple of years and it was already mapped yeah. out. And so that's the, uh, that's something that's really important. And I think, uh, talking to your agent, talking to your bank, and maybe even calling a surveyor uh, is probably mm -hmm. worth, you know, the three phone calls for sure. Yeah. It seems like actually getting the survey is more rare than common. Uh, for is a it? lot, a lot of times. Yeah. A lot of times, yeah. a lot of new buyers want to get a survey for sure. And then a lot of seasoned guys, they usually just don't get one. Um, right. But the, with the river, like with that one's just the perfect formula of, if something could have got lost in translation and that's exactly what happened, but, uh, it right. definitely, I think it worked out. It worked out in the long run for, Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Tremendously. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So that's a, that's a word of caution or a word of advice. And, uh, every part, every parcel is truly different. And I think, uh, to, to the seller's point of view too, when you map it out on everything, it came out really close to what it was supposed to be, but it was just that lost, you know, the, <laughs> the lost section there of what, yeah. whenever that happened and everything else. But that's uh, by far the most rare occurrence that I've had to deal with <laughs> by far. And you got to do it on your yeah. first deal. So <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Uh, but listen, I, I don't, I don't think I would, obviously, you know, it worked out. So I, I wouldn't change it, but I think it was also a good learning experience for, for me, yeah. you know? And so, um, well, and I think too, at, the, at that point too, you were, um, you know, you mentioned you're kind of aggressive of wanting to buy something, but I remember talking to you like, if it works out, great. If not, like you weren't married to the deal of like, okay, I'm just, you know, we're going to do this no matter yeah. what. Like you, you were willing to to walk, which I think is, um, like the negotiation tactic. Whoever cares less wins the <laughs> wins the deal, right. And, right. and whether and whether you really meant that or not doesn't matter. But <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. Well, listen, I kept having to tell myself that, you know, and and I think many times as we were going through the process, I was, you know asking you as if you were the buyer, you know, and, uh -huh. and, uh, so you, you were kind of helping me make some of those decisions, but yeah, it was, it was tough for me to hold strong to that strategy. Yeah. Um, well, but we worked. did. Yeah. I yeah. think that's important. So, um, <clears throat> let's see here. So what are, what are some pieces of advice? Obviously getting a survey is one thing that I think you're, you would probably pass along, but like, what are some other key pieces of advice that you would give to someone else that is maybe they've saved up some money or they're wanting to save up some money and they want to buy a piece of ground, but they're, you know, hearing someone else's experience, I think is extremely valuable. So what, mm -hmm. what would you suggest? So, you know, research was king for me, you know, and, and I, and, and just, I knew that you were going to ask me about the goals that I wanted. So I think really getting your mind wrapped around some of that stuff and, and, you know, there is so much available out from a resource perspective, you know, whether that's podcasts or listing agents you know, or, or buyers agents, all those different things, but also people that have been doing it for a while. And so, you know, I think really understanding kind of, kind of what you want to do there. Um, and then, and then 
you know, really qualifying those pieces of property to make sure that it's going to, you know, accomplish what you're, what you're wanting to accomplish from a goal mm -hmm. perspective. And so I thought that that was, you know, really, really critical. And this piece of property, I think nailed a lot of those. So that was, that, that was pretty, that was pretty good. But, um, and then just, you know, obviously I, I think there was really three things, you know, qualifying the property for what it was going to do, the finance side of it and the structure of all that, I think was, was, was obviously critical. And then just, um, just kind of being willing to go through, you know, the motions because there is going to be un unforeseen circumstances mm -hmm. that we're going to, you know, come up against. So, um, you know, all of this, I, you know, we had a really good team that was working on it, whether it was the appraiser, whether it was you as a buyer's agent, which I would highly recommend. Um, and then the bank, you know, and then, and I think, and then the surveyor. So, I mean, it was, it was a communal type deal as, as we kind of put this thing together. But I mean, we had experts on all fronts, I think kind of mm -hmm. helped me as a new person. I mean, I, yeah. there's many times where I said, talk to me as a third grader, as we go through this, because this is, this is not my world. Mm -hmm. And, um, we got some expertise there and it was refreshing. Yeah. I, here's the thing too. I had a, I had a, I think it was like a doctor one time, like, listen, if you're nervous, I had a, I had a, I got a screw in my hip when I was like in seventh grade and it stuck with me, but they're like, I understand this isn't every day for you, but this is every day for me. And it, that same right. parallel is similar to what we're talking about here is like, this is what mm -hmm. these folks deal with every day. You don't buy land every single day. So, you know, right. use those resources that are available. Yeah, absolutely, man. And, and uh and the good thing about it too is everyone was local yeah you know and and so whether it was meeting out the property or or, or being able to get together to, to round table some of these different pieces it was it was nice to be able to do it face to face mm -hmm. more times than not would you do anything different at this point you know i i thought a lot of a lot about that and um <laughs> And then almost any scenario, you can always kind of look back and go, oh, you know, I, I, I might do it different. But in this one, I don't think there's anything that I would change, to be honest with you. You know, I would still buy the piece of property. Mm -hmm. I love how it turned out from a from a, how much, you know, we got it for. I love all the things that we've done to it. And um, it has become a family deal for us. I mean, you know, certainly I'm the one who has the main passion for, for hunting and mm -hmm. the land and all those different pieces, but my wife also hunts and I got a seven year old little boy. And so it's just, um, this thing has been so much to our family yeah. and, uh, has been such a great release for all of us. And so, um, no, man, I, you know, I wouldn't change anything. I'm going to, I'm going to buy my neighbor's ground property <laughs> probably and, and uh -huh. continue to, to add on more in the neighborhood. And, and, um, and we'll kind of see where this thing goes, but it is, it's, it's become the the addiction that I knew that it was going to be. And so, yeah, uh, this thing was as close to perfect as possible. What would you say? I mean, anything from your perspective on this one? No, I, I think, uh, I think it all shook out how it was supposed to. I think if, uh, if this, if that survey thing, what, a because I was, when I was like, when I say, I know your intention is not to sell this, you know, anytime soon from mm -hmm. what I understand, I said, but this will be something that will come up when you sell it. Like now we know this issue is here. And so it mm -hmm. has to be, a, a, you know, rectified, identified and everything else. So that was one thing that I'm glad that got nailed down, but that would, that would have been the only thing that I could think of. And, uh, you know, it, <clears throat> it's kind of, you're lucky in a way too, that the neighbor wants to sell. Cause I think that's what a lot of people end up, they buy a piece and, I think it's almost this human behavior. They just want to expand. <laughs> they just want to expand yeah. what they own. And uh, to have that opportunity 
maybe almost too soon for you. <laughs> when, yeah, big time. <laughs> you know, but but regardless of being able to commu- communicate with them and hopefully tie something together, I think that that's a that's a huge huge opportunity that really not a lot of a lot of people end up you know with where um, you know you can piece together a little bit more and <clears throat> and I think yeah. that's a that's an excellent thing and it sounds like the the other neighbor that is in the neighborhood too, very similar goals. So I think I, you know, I, I, uh, I was like, man, if I, if I would have known it could have got bought for that, <laughs> that would have been a sweet piece. I know. <laughs> I, know. So I think you did excellent. I really, <laughs> I really do. I, I yeah. really mean that. It is crazy. And you know, listen, man, like I will tell you, like the importance of neighbor neighborhoods, obviously important, but the importance of neighbor is also important. And it's maybe sometimes hard to figure that out before yeah. um, without getting to know those individuals. But in this one scenario, because of, you know, you know, some of these apps like Onyx where you can where you can see who has what you could tell that there was one big neighbor in the area that is, you know, has the same goals. And then luckily, you know, just from, you know, mutual connections or, or meeting people down there, it was I, I quickly jumped on to networking with the people that uh, that have property right next to me. And it was very, very neat, man. I mean, you know, uh, two properties away on the, you know, uh, you know, I've developed a relationship with that guy. We're actually sharing notes and, on what we're trying to do together from a, yep. whether it's having bad hunting strategies or food or goals and what we're trying to accomplish and stuff. And so the sharing of information, man, has been That's huge. mission critical and, for and, both of us. And it makes the experience so much better. Absolutely. Yeah. There's a couple of farms I hunt where that is the case and it's so much more enjoyable to hunt. And I think, um, maybe people think like everyone's super secretive in some farms I am because there's no, right. there's no, uh, you know, give and take there. It's just all mm-hmm. give. And, and there's other situations where it is feels more 50, 50, if that makes sense. Where yeah. You are like, Hey, this is, this is what I have going on. What do you have going on? And you can work together mm-hmm. and we're all hunting the same deer, whether we want to realize it or not, no That's one right. owns that deer. So if we can work together and some years they're going to kill the, the one you're all after and some years you're going to, and that's just yeah. the way it goes. Yeah. And the, and the neat thing about it is the, the guy that, you know, has the, the neighboring property, not the one I'm going to buy, but the, but the other one, um, you know, he just got his piece too. Uh-huh. You know, he maybe got it a couple of years before me. And so as we're, as we're comparing notes and strategies, it's neat. And we both, we both agree that in a couple of years when we, when we do some of the stuff that we're, we're both doing, uh, that it's going to be significantly better. So it's, it's cool. And, and, uh, that guy's been phenomenal. I mean, we share every week we're sharing pictures of deer and mm-hmm. what we're trying to do and, and all that stuff and how each other's food plots are coming along. And yeah, that's fun. That's, know, that's, all a, that stuff. that's a big part of the experience, whether people want to admit it or not. Um, I think yeah. that's, that's so, so important, but what was a, what was a myth that you found along the way here? Cause, cause you were, you know, kind of brand new, obviously you bought houses in the past, but buying land was foreign, brand new. Yeah, no doubt. What was a myth? I, I would say, um, it sounds very com- it, the perception is that it's incredibly complex mm-hmm. and that just isn't the scenario why, like why, I, do, why do you think it why, uh, why was your perception that it was really com- uh, complex um mostly around the financing side uh-huh. i think that um you know getting it getting it setting up a loan for a home in my experience has been significantly different than than what we were able to do with with buying rec ground and so yep. um you know, to, to under, and even how the loan is structured and how often you have to pay and, and all those different things. And so I think that, um, you know, probably the biggest misconception is the down payment, what you have to put down. And, and, mm-hmm. uh, when you're working with the local bank, it's incredibly flexible. So, um, so there's that. And then, you know, probably 
I would say this too, like, you know, especially with the amount of inventory that's out there right now, people probably don't think that you can find a deal. Yeah. Um, and maybe a lot of mine was luck. <laughs> I would also say, you know, the seller, I think, kind of helped in that scenario mm -hmm. uh, for us and, and, and us being able to find a deal yeah. uh, per se. So, yeah, um, it is significantly easier and more doable than I could have ever imagined. And mm -hmm. um, and you, you can you can find something that that works. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I think. Uh, it's the like the red car theory uh, when you're looking for a red car you can find one when you're not you're, you never see it and i think that's the same like when you're looking for an opportunity at all times it's a lot easier to find mm -hmm. one than when you're just yeah. kind of like oh there's no opportunities out there yeah so i think that's important and it's crazy man you know a lot of people know that i've done this and the amount of questions that you field now is just <laughs> unbelievable and it's really, really neat. All of a sudden, I've got friends and coworkers and peers that are kind of coming out of the woodworks and that want to Potentially. learn much, much more about it. And uh, and you know, you first go through the through the through the questions of how how would how did you even think about doing this and similar to the things we're talking about today. But um, it's neat. I think I think with at least the people that I know and have friendships with and are talking through some of this stuff, I think they're they're building momentum on wanting to do a lot of this as yeah. well. Yeah, that's you super know, exciting. Kind of well, you yeah. even uh, you even fielded some questions from uh, a, a guy you ran into at a restaurant. Who was that? It's <laughs> yeah. so crazy. Yeah. So, um, so so my my the property that I uh, bought is in the Peoria area, and uh, and and it doesn't have a residence on it, and and it's kind of in a rural spot. So, you know, this year we have been hammering through stuff. I mean, I on this property, I wanted to spend the first year, obviously, getting to know it you know, having fun doing all those different pieces, but we went all in mm -hmm. on, uh, on setting the majority of it up, except for the, the, the timber component of it. But, um, so, I mean, I'm down there every other weekend working on a bunch of stuff, sometimes with family and sometimes by myself, but, um, I typically stay in Peoria and, uh, you know, Peoria and, you know, I usually get down there and stay at the hotel and, and uh, you know, always whoop by the end of the day, but there's a really, you know, popular steakhouse that's just a couple blocks away from the hotel. And I was in there on a random night uh, hanging out by myself, just sitting at the bar, having a steak and, and, uh, a very high profile retired, uh, NFL foot player, football player, um, walked in and sat down next to me. And, and I don't know if I should say his name or not, but, uh, but anyways, he just, he sat right down next to me and I was like, Oh my gosh, I can't believe this individual sitting here. And, and yeah. you know, why, why on earth would he be in, be, would he be in Peoria? And, uh, so we start talking just, you know, about the place and, and, um, uh, and then he and then he and then he asked me a question. Hey, you know, are are you from here? And I said no. And he goes, Well, I'm looking to buy some some businesses here that we can take and then you know franchise across the country. And and uh, so then he asked why I was why I was in town if, <laughs> if you know if I'm not if I'm not from that area. And uh, so I I ended up telling him about you know why and you know because I had bought some property and 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 all those different uh, pieces. And then. I mean, we sat there until an hour after the restaurant was closed, just me and him sitting at this bar. And um, and he hit me with a laundry list of this experience. Uh, uh -huh. And and it was amazing. And, you know, you know, especially a guy that, you know, got more money than any of us could ever imagine. And, and, uh, and you know, he's in the, in the area with family, you know, looking to buy some businesses and franchise them across the country. You know, mostly from a restaurant perspective, but um, it was nuts. I mean, you know, <laughs> we exchanged contact information, and uh, and this is an individual, you know, that, that you would never ever think would have interest about buying 
farm ground. I mean, he was a, yeah. a wide receiver, recent wide receiver in, in the NFL, and a very big, and, a very big personality wide receiver too. Very big personality. And very, his initials aren't To, so people no, people no. can figure out the rest probably. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. But it was unbelievable and a super nice guy. You wouldn't even ever match, but. Um, it's neat. It'll be interesting. I mean, he had a lot of questions about you in this podcast. Uh-huh. He talked a lot about it. So that's cool. It'll be nuts to see if he uh, if he ever reaches out. Yeah, but, well, um, that's I mean, that and that's really cool. And I think that illustrates that uh, buying land is still obscure for a lot of different people. And, uh, you know, obviously he's uh, he's one of the guys that has been able to multiply his NFL salary <laughs> instead of mm-hmm. have it dwindle. And I think, uh, yeah, that's uh, that that probably shows in his natural curiosity of all the questions he asked you. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty neat. I think, uh, you know, we're sitting there while the, while the whole place is shutting down. And then, you know, then all of a sudden we've got a, pe- a group of people huddling around us, you know, just starting to engage in the dialogue, too. It was just, it was, I don't know, the perfect <laughs> storm. It was kind of unique. You know, Super we the, random. We bartenders, the, you know, the, the, the waitresses, all that stuff, talking about, you know, buying land in, in rural America. He just thought it was so fascinating uh-huh. and mind-blowing, you yeah. know. I mean, for, for someone like that, it, it is. And I think, uh, obviously, you kind of grew up around land and, and just by default, like you're not completely formed to the idea. But for a lot of people, they just look at it like, why? Why would you do that? I don't understand. And it's not from a, they're trying to deject you. It's just never even crossed their mind before. Yeah, right. Right. And especially for, you know, even if you're not a hunter, you know, all the components of income that can happen, you know, mm-hmm. with some of these pieces of property, you know, from an investment perspective, yeah. it's, it's pretty solid, yeah. you know? Yeah, absolutely. And I think uh, that's the that's the exciting thing of real estate. It's, uh, you know, it's everyone's playing yeah. in the same field, but it's there's opportunities out there if you're willing to to take a look. I think that's, that's pretty yeah. cool. But um, anything else here that you can think of? And then uh, I also want to ask, you've traveled all over the place and I just want to hear what your, your favorite hunt is. Because I know, was it last year you shot a, a, a freaking stud of an elk on a yeah. really coveted tag? But I, yeah, I want to yeah. hear, uh, you know, it's funny because a lot of people, they're either they usually either buy land or they do a lot of traveling hunting. But uh, yep. for anyone out there that wants to travel, I just want to hear maybe one yeah. of your favorite hunts. So to to answer your first question, anything else on this? I, I you know, I would highly encourage everybody to use a buyer's agent. I mean, it was a game changer for us, and um, especially first time. So you know that that was huge. Um, you know, this will not stop for the Nolenberg family. I can promise <laughs> you that this is going to keep happening, and so um, and it's totally doable. And and uh, you know, I know I'll have a lot more friends that that uh, that get into this, but um, very very excited. From a travel perspective, you know, I've we've, I've hunted all over North America. Um, man, I you know you're right. I, so I've been putting in for an elk tag in Nevada uh, for 13 years, and as a non-resident, usually it can take upwards of 30 uh, to draw. And I drew one last year, and um, after I had had a ton of stuff set up for whitetail. But when that tag uh, gets drawn, you got to go and do it. And so um, there was an unbelievable hunt. I mean, it it's hard, especially if you live in the Midwest, to prepare for something that's that rigorous and and uh, and tough. Um, you know, just even if you get prepared from a, you know, uh, cardio perspective, just the difference in altitude. Sure. Straight smoke somebody, you uh-huh. know. And so, um, but listen, if, you know, <clears throat> And I have two favorite hunts. One would be the Nevada elk hunt, and then one would be a black bear hunt up in northern Saskatchewan, almost in the Arctic Circle up there. And and uh, I would say this: well, on both of those hunts, the the, uh, the harvest of the animal was the least um, uh, exciting component 
of of those hunts you know and nevada was the sheer extreme of what we were doing and it was mm -hmm. just really intense and scary in, in in some instances and then you know on my bear hunt in, in uh, saskatchewan it was with hanging out with the the cree nation natives up there and just seeing how they live off the land and um and with really limited exposure to people from the outside world and mm -hmm. uh, so that was you know that was eight times the the excitedness of of you know seeing a bear and so it's been pretty neat you know yeah that i would imagine that had to be pretty crazy and i think a lot of times too the the hunt is sometimes lost in the overall experience too or the sheer yeah. beauty of what you get to see when you're traveling uh outside yeah. of to a different area no doubt you know I, I i know that this podcast and you know we're in the midwest so a lot of this is really geared towards whitetail and and all mm -hmm. that stuff but man oh man you know and, and yeah, listen i i understand the the uh the addiction of all this and, and it won't stop like i said earlier but the western stuff it's equally as engaging and fun and and uh non-stop action and and really test the limits man it's 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 neat and you know you get to these rural spots whether it's nevada or saskatchewan all those different things and you know you think you're a tough human being and then you see how some of these people live off the land and how they're able to navigate these mountains and do all this stuff and, and it's pretty unbelievable it's yeah. pretty unbelievable how how uh how good these people are and there truly is some some strong woodsmen out there that that um that can figure it out you know in some pretty hairy instances yeah they just have, i swear they have a, a developed sixth sense by just being out and in it all the time especially guides mm -hmm. i mean yeah they get to hunt no so hard for so long and for so many years and i mean they're really talented at what they do it's kind of the same thing like you do you hunt elk every day no but that guy is scouting or hunting elk oh my gosh day. yeah 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 yep that's crazy so no man it's been uh it's been good and continue to look forward to all this stuff but um yeah i love it well thank you so much I'm, congratulations once again um it I, i'm really happy for you and i'm excited to, to hear how the season goes and what you're going to learn and what you're going to do different and i i just uh i'm, I'm super excited for you Every really time, man. I appreciate it a lot. You know, you're local. You've already helped me out. You, you helped pull me in my truck out last I week. Try. As, I tried. I tried. Yeah. Uh, you know, you, you've been a huge, you know, influence on how we put this thing together. And, and I can't wait to share notes. This thing's almost as much as your baby as it is mine. You know? I, you know, I, I, I just love to, I love to talk about this stuff. I love to, you know, bounce ideas around. And then I, I mean, the addiction of seeing parcels improve is, is, a truly an addiction and i think uh, yeah. you had a basically a blank slate and it's only going to get better and better and better as you <laughs> as you learn more and optimize more and that's you don't have to have all the answers right now but you'll figure them out as you yeah. go yeah this year's the year of learning yeah. but uh it's cool that we're it's cool that we're doing this on the day the season opens you know i know yeah it's it's game on and that's where i was like man we need oh, to man. we need to do this before every, before i get busy you get busy and uh that's right. it's it, it'll be a good year for for hopefully both of us but um I always offer uh, if people want to reach out to you, it's up to you if you want to do something or um, otherwise they'll just have to listen to your story and, and appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So would love to answer any questions for anybody, you know, and, and you can put my contact information maybe in the comments or whatever, but yeah, um, I'll yeah. put your, I'll put your email in there. And uh, if anyone has any questions or if, or if you need a, a, a recommendation before working with me in the state of Illinois, that's right. <laughs> hopefully you'll say good things but uh no thank you so much and um really appreciate it good luck this season awesome thanks jake